It was morning and the power was not yet on. Zack and Renee lay in the heat of the bed listening to the city wake outside the building's windows. We should learn how to rain dance, Renee said. They were new to the relationship, and she could feel his hesitance to speak, the tentativeness to him, as if she were some toothy, unpredictable animal he'd invited into his house. She pressed her lips into his shoulder and wanted to bite him there. His skin left a taste of salt on her lips. Why don't you? Zack said. Nah. Zack stared at the ceiling, and she stared at him, with his short-cropped head and monkish demeanor, as if he lived his life in servitude to some greater thing, the identity of which she had yet to figure out. I'm thinking of turning to crime instead. You'd be good at it, he said. He was never sure how serious she was. He made two pistols of his hands and pow-powed the ceiling. But you'd need a mask and a horse, obviously. Mmm, spurs. An eerie clop-clop-clop sounded through the open window, and they looked at each other in amazement. A horse, she said. You're a conjurer. But instead, it was a big moose that stumbled along the dusty street, its skin tight over its ribs. Its head jerked left and right in anxious, almost animatronic movements. Oh, no, Renee said. I fucking hate this. Josh saw a bear two days ago, I told you. They watched it continue down the street until a shot rang out. The moose's body jerked and sidestepped strangely, and then there was another shot. That's a whole shit ton of extra food rations if they can store it, Zack said as they watched men close in on it. God knows how they'll store it. The moose stumbled again on a third shot but continued on. They've got to get a straight shot in. I can't watch, Renee said. She climbed back in bed and spoke to Zack's shirtless back as he watched the moose fall and the hunters try to drag the animal to the side of the road. Hunters in the streets. Dying of thirst has got to be worse, Zack said. What's happening? Tell me what's happening. They can't lift it. One of its legs is kicking. My co-worker had to kill his dog, Zack said. He's a total mess about it. Seriously? No. He was a big dog. He drank over 20 units a day and was getting aggressive about his share. I don't buy it, Renee said. The moose, maybe, but not your own dog. Next is your neighbor, then your children and your wife. It's like a spider that cuts her own webbing. You think I'm in danger, as his co-worker? Oh, you're in danger, all right. Zack turned and looked at her, and she winked at him. She was naked with the sheet pulled to the top of her thighs. She had unraveled her braids for him the night before, and her hair spilled across her arms and his pillow. You're not watching anymore, she said. No. He pulled his gallon off the dresser and poured them each a unit, a little less than half a cup. He handed her one and sat on the edge of the bed, placing one hand on her thigh, the heat of it warming his hand through the sheet. He stared into the shallow cup of water and thought of the moose's stutter step as it was shot, and wondered if he would know when he was the moose, the animal too lost and thirsty for reason, stumbling toward annihilation. He was still thirsty after he'd finished. Renee stared into her cup as if awaiting a divination there. It was an effort not to refill his. 
Rations were two unit gallons per day. His measure of making it, if at the end of the day he had a few units of savings left over. He watched her sit up in bed. She divvied her hair into two halves and proceeded to rework each half into long black braids. He was so taken with her. He wished the job of braiding would never end, so he could keep on watching.